Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour. I'm joined as always by my lovely, wonderful, tall, patient, handsome co-host Alexander Voltz. Say hello. Hello. Is it Don't me you dare. Don't you, you son of a bitch. You shut your goddamn <laughs> mouth. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That is a new discography, more or less, per episode. And today, we are talking about... A band, the most unknown band we've talked about so far, called The Fluid. This one comes to us, this is a request from Colt. Thank you so much, Colt, for listening and for suggesting this. By far, the most obscure, who the fuck, we'll get into it. If you want to help us, support us, for the love of God, please help us and support us. Subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave a review, five-star rating, show them that we exist, we are here please we're real please and if you want to suggest uh, 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 uh. shout out to the two nice comments the two (laughs) nice people on youtube who like just stumbled upon us and they're not our friends thank you guys we're actually here we're being heard by people who aren't personal friends of ours that's that's remarkable that is remarkable it's thank you to, to anyone who's been listening and helping and all that stuff and if you want to suggest an artist just like colt did you can send all of your requests to every album ever at gmail.com uh based on like a like a few that we've been getting we cannot promise that we will do all of them so, okay so this is a, a, an we interesting have, we have certain criteria there's a there's a the the main criteria is like we prefer that they're not still active because like then we get like X for example just released a new album this year we got to fucking talk about that at some point we did X episode fourteen uh, body count episode nine they released a new album as well it just it makes problems for us uh, so preferably dead you know dead uh, or or just broken up if whatever um, this other thing is. If we go too far, like we're open-minded, I guess, as much as we can be. But if we go too much in the realm of world music, we don't fucking understand it. It's not that it's bad music, obviously, but it's just if we can't. It's rap- not our. It's not our lane. It's not, our, and we're not going to just listen to a thing that we already hate, like Sublime episode twenty, no thirty, fucking goddamn. I forgot the name. I'll look it up right now. Um, yeah, we're not just gonna shit all over a thing that is very important for different reasons just because we don't like sublime episode 36 uh just because we don't like it or enjoy it uh and that's not that's just it's kind of shitty and it's uh i think a bad time for everybody but uh we will uh respond to all the fucking requests and all that Uh, shit also unless it's like it the one hit wonder stuff, unless they were a band who continued to make interesting music, some one hit wonders are not, not ideal, but I'm still curious about some of them. Like, yeah, like just for the, yeah, there's definitely exceptions. Uh, I will say suggestions. I'm personally looking forward to is like, I would love to do some more funk and soul music, mm-hmm. but most funk and soul artists have confusing long discographies. Right. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I know a funk band that's got around 10 ep- <laughs> albums around. Good you know, fucking luck. Some wiggle room. Yeah. Uh, but- Max, Max. 10 to 12 albums. I don't know, man. We've, send, we've send gone, those are we've gone past that. Like, I think, oh yeah, we, yeah. I think we've done 13, 14 before. I think so. ELO episode but, one has 14 and that's like the max that we've done. But we, I mean, we're willing to go more. We were, 
That's when we were young and ambitious. Yeah. And yeah. the skies were bright eyed, bushy tailed, optimistic, not quarantined. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I'm finally like, we're finally, I should look better on the video. Alex should look about the same. Uh, we were having issues syncing up audio. So I had to get real creative with things and now they're whatever it should be marginally better than it was before but uh yeah so send all your suggestions to every member at gmail.com we'll definitely get back to you uh if you want to follow me on instagram pope jesse ventura is where i post all the things regarding the show and at pander monkey is where i post all things regarding my own personal music and recording uh, an ep as we speak who knows when it'll be done or if i'll ever perform again but for the love of god i hope so and alex at mother puncture this uh, we usually plug a Spotify playlist for every every episode. This one is going to be a little different uh, because only one Damn. album of this band is streaming. So I guess we'll just put the album. Uh, maybe like we didn't talk about this. What do we do? Uh, well, I guess something we could do is make a YouTube playlist. Uh, maybe. I, yeah, I then it would just be like the full albums on YouTube. Cause that's where we got them. I've seen, I've seen people post individual. You know, you're songs, right. You're so right. We'll, we'll look into it. We'll, we'll figure see. it out. Yeah. Cause like, I want to stay as consistent with like Spotify shit that we've been doing, but who, whatever, by the time this releases, you'll figure it out and you can find a link in most likely in the description of wherever you're listening and watching. Uh, so the, uh, cult requested the fluid and Here's a funny thing. I had never heard of them at all. I asked Alex if he'd heard of them. He uh, had also not heard of them. I asked another friend of mine who knows fucking everybody and she had not heard of them. And I thought, this is like, this is insane. Who the fuck are these? An anomaly. And then I asked my brother, Robert, who guessed on the Cuts and Beefheart episode, episode 10. I'm plugging too much. Sorry. I asked him, I was like, have you heard of the fluid? He's like, yeah, you haven't? I was like, wait, wait, what the fuck? Wait, what? Okay, 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 okay. The fact that he was so matter of... Huh? I was going to say, I love Robert. He's the most, like, unassuming looking person ever, and he's kind of timid, but he just knows everything. The fact that he was so matter of fact about it, like, he was... (laughs) Like obviously, and then he started like talking about all these other bands that they're associated with. I'm like, hold, he's like, yeah, they're from Seattle, right? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I had no idea they even existed. So they're a real band, and people have heard of them, just not many. Uh, unless yes. I don't know, it's really oddly specific because I didn't even know what they were associated with. But I, I, after hearing them, they're a punk band essentially, or they started out as a punk band. And yeah, before we get too far into it, I need to shout out. Uh, Michael Roberts at a website called westword.com. He wrote a detailed article about them as well as a Q&A with the singer John Robert mm-hmm. or John Robinson. And that's where I got most of my information from. Those two articles were very informative and really helped uh, add some uh some weight to this podcast Mm -hmm. as well as the fluid video archive on youtube that's this one word fluid video archive Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you want to see live footage of them while they're younger that's a great uh channel for a lot of their stuff very cool i'm glad there you're able to find something uh and it 
clearly like way, way more than I was expecting too. Uh, well, there's, those, there's very, very little about this band as we've kind of hinted at, but the people who do love them, love them. And yeah, uh, we're obviously going to be one of those random sources now yeah. when people look up the fluids. That's so. very, that's very cool. Also, I'm so sorry, but I am not one of those fans. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Uh, after this, I, I think, I just think they're, they're okay. I, I get, uh, I get why people really like them and that, in the eighties because no one was really, no one really sounded like this. It's, uh, you know, like the Rolling Stones, if they did punk rock or the Stooges or MC five, very, very reminiscent of all those bands. Yeah. So I kind of get that, but I feel like in the early two thousands, there was this look, early like 70s rock revival with bands like wolf mother and uh jet so i get no one was what the fluid was doing around their time no one was really doing it so i could get going and seeing it and like who the fuck are these guys no one is playing music like this so you're being Um, you're being very kind and i will immediately fight that by saying yeah no one was doing it at that time because they already fucking did it 10 and 15 years before them it like their first half of their discography really bugged me really bugged me oh wow uh because i'd heard it a zillion fucking times and not bad not bad there's there's, i mean there's a lot of songs that there's that i legitimately hate but like not a bad band but it takes a minute for them to become a different band that, uh, or at least different it, something that that's that didn't already exist in my opinion it does and i'll i'll go into it in detail with each album but one of the things i i found was keith morris talking about them mm-hmm. and barry from the necros mm-hmm. took him to their shows he's like oh you never heard of the fluid we gotta go so Barry and Keith went and Keith was blown away. Really? And uh, yeah, so that's just a cool little. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, the Necros that you, you brought them up before like a few days ago, but heard of them because and, I, I saw that interview mm-hmm. and I was like, what the fuck? I remember the Necros. I was really into them in, in high school. Uh, I don't remember much of their stuff, but I, I remember I bought, a bootleg of like everything they ever did. It was like, it, it's one of those really shady bootlegs too, where it was sold at an establishment, like an actual established punk record store. Uh, I don't know who the fuck came up or, or put it together, but uh, yeah, I think their, their most known album is a, uh, I'm just from memory conquest to death, conquest for death, conquest to death. Um, I think it might be conquest for death. I'm going to Google it as we speak. Uh, I know know nothing about them. I watched that video and I was thought Mike knows everything about punk music. Except the fluid, apparently. (laughs) Uh, It is Conquest for Death. Okay, I'm not crazy. Uh, Yeah, that's what they're most known for. 83, you know. um, Hardcore punk, cool. Uh, Maybe we'll do the Necros at some point. But 
yeah, I had no idea who the fuck this was. And it was, it's just, it's just funny. Like I, I would have never remembered, even remembered the necros unless you brought him up like that. Um, <laughs> but the fluid, they, they released four full lengths in their lifespan and, uh, two EPs. So we're going to be talking about all of it, all of it. So first album was released in 1986, the last album, 1992. And I suppose that, uh, we should start finally. So this is first album, 1986, Punch and Judy. Very uh, fun in the sun, rock and roll. Yeah, to me this is uh, a great high energy opener that it's like, okay, I'm on board. Uh, see what you got. Go on. I'm sorry. Let me see what you got. Yeah. Turns out, they got more punk. Yeah. So my first reaction when I hit play was, oh, so they're punk. Okay. Now I know. Cool. And then, well, let's just say this is my least favorite album. Um, it's not a bad album. It's not a bad album. But for sure, my least favorite. Uh, because every song is that. Every song is that fun rock and roll. Let's have a good time. High energy. Uh, let's play exactly like every 70s punk band that has ever existed. But it's 10 years later. Baffling to me. Sorry, you're, you're like super quiet. Uh, Say it again. They're, come from, they're from Denver. Mm-hmm. And at the time... That goes back to people weren't really doing things like this. So they were pretty successful out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, they were booking their own shows and putting other punk bands on the bill. But it, they kind of get looked at weird because it's like you're playing like this MC5 music, yeah. but you're dressed like a glam band. I mean, that's, so, that's kind of cool. I, I like that. that. Yeah, they kind of, even from the beginning, it was like they don't really fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it's, I should note, 86 is widely considered the end of punk, really. I mean, obviously, stuff that's, came after that. But it, it was the end of the hardcore scene, for damn sure. Um, 86 was... what? Go on. Sorry. That's what the singer John Robinson said is he this thought punk was dead and he was this listening to like really peaceful music until what's peaceful? Um, what's considered peaceful? This guy. What was he was like listening to like Bob Marley and like Ugh. ambient uh Brian Eno stuff. Mm-hmm. So um I believe it was the drummer Garrett uh, Shavlik, who convinced him to uh, come and sing in a high energy punk band. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, and reason why I was so bothered with this is there's actually there's like songs I actually like on here, um, like uh, Saccharine Rejection," pretty not bad, yep. especially that breakdown in the middle is I think is real good. Uh, I like "Graveyard Tramps" a lot. It's like the it's the least predictably rock and roll out of the, the whole album. It's, I felt like it's the dirtiest song on the album for sure. For sure. 
Uh, I did notice some horns in you, which is pretty fucking cool. Yep. Love me some horns. Uh, and uh, I think Turnaway is actually pretty cool too. Um, like so. These, we uh, huh? We almost we almost went two, three, four. We almost went five for five there. Nice. But uh, you, you messed it up at the end. Oh, you don't like Turnaway? It's. I don't. I don't have any notes, but I was really hoping you were going to say Thirteenth Night. Oh, it's not bad. It's not we, bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, we wrote about all the same songs. Well, I mean, those are those are those are solid. And a, a, like I said, like this is not a bad album. It's just my least favorite personally because of uh, when I was listening to it the first time, I thought, oh wait, wait, this is just like the damned but worst or or the damn's first album or like sex pistols i guess is an obvious comparison even fucking stiff little fingers what i don't even like like it reminds me of all that <laughs> stuff uh and even like the stooges a little bit too uh it's just been done but better uh these songs are are not like the most they're not the most mind-blowing in terms of the writing you know exactly where every song is going the second it starts it's a fun yeah. love and rock and roll time uh, and I and I legitimately hate my future and not just my personal future, but the song my future is garbage. I feel like I fucking hate it. Uh, and it's just it's just so it's so damn predictable. It's so generic. And it's 10 years later. Like if this was 77, I would not be so harsh on it. But this is 86. Like there was already things moving in crazy directions by this point. Uh, like. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't be comparing metal at all, but like metal was already getting kind of, it was moving in the direction of death metal. Uh, grunge was already starting to manifest a little bit, uh, like early Soundgarden, Nirvana, like like a year or two later. And and that seems to be the genre these guys get lumped into because mm-hmm. they were uh, around all those bands right. and friends with them. And there's other bands that I'll bring up later on that make more sense with the fluids later albums, but those bands were already doing different shit by this point. And right here, they're like nothing, nothing on this album has even an inkling of a sign past 1980. So it's just mm-hmm. a weird time capsule. Uh, like I, I, I don't know. It just, it just rubbed me the wrong way because of that. Not that these are bad songs, but just that it was so stuck in the past and that it, I don't know. It just, like I said, not for me. Not for me. It's a okay album that I don't really, I don't really think is going to win anybody over. I think this band, if you really like garage rock, if you really like the MC fives yeah. or uh, a band like Tur- Turbo Negro, oh, yeah. uh, who are they? They were some band that got pretty big because uh Bam Margera liked them, but they're kind uh, of like the uh ever heard an, an opposite of endorsement. That's that's it's anything involving Bam Margera and enjoying it. That's sure. But uh yeah, they this this high energy feel good rock and roll, it's nothing groundbreaking, but you know, there is a market for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and this is like pretty solid in the background fun. Like it's, 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 it's legit fun. Um, it's not going to raise your eyebrows in terms of anything really interesting. I think everyone sounds real good on it, uh, except for like some of the backup vocals are kind of funny sounding and weird. Uh, but everything else, it's they, just, yeah. They actually aren't 
really a fan or fans of the way any of their albums sound except for glue. So I I think for being self-produced and a, a smaller production though, that it sounds, it sounds fine. Yeah. It sounds fine. Yeah. It sounds completely fine. Everything's pretty clear, but, uh, yeah, let us move on to 1988. This is okay. So we mentioned, uh, beginning of the show, most of these are fucking hard to find or YouTube more or less uh, only album streaming is the very last album this one specifically this next album is not even on YouTube so good fucking luck we had to be, we had to resort to criminality if that is that a word criminality uh, it but, is now yeah we had to fucking torrent this guy because it is not easy to find but here it is anyway this is 1988 clear black paper So this sounds a little I like what we've heard but I like this song yeah this is uh, more in line with like the replacements yeah. or something like that that's actually a good early replacements for sure I didn't even think of that episode 27 yeah, everybody I, sorry the replacements would never put this nah 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 part in their song but uh Yeah, I was thinking about those Ramones songs with horns and how the production on it's pretty clean. And this is like, if the Ramones didn't have the production. Okay, I get what you're saying. Alright, let us fucking talk. So, this was their first album on Sub Pop, and they were the first band on sub pop not from seattle oh so they're not from seattle they're just on sub pop my brother was incorrect yeah well they yeah they're from denver and then the label they were on glitter house kind of did a swap for the band green river which is kind of like a one and done band green river was uh, members of mud honey um uh, fun fact about green river uh the song leech by the melvins is a, is a green river song they gave it to the melvins and that is a, oh, great, nice. it's a great fucking song too it was on the melvins first yeah. album i didn't know that but yeah. at the time you know everybody knows sub pop now but sub pop was not what it is now right right wait so yeah i i i, I saw sub pop like all over like you, know, you go on wikipedia you'll see sub pop all over the place on this band I didn't realize, I thought they just like reissued the albums. I didn't know they actually put them out in 88. I was going to wait until the end of the podcast, but I don't know why Sub Pop hasn't reissued any of their albums because, you know what, I'll save it. But I just don't, I don't know why they haven't reissued any of their albums. Okay, okay. Uh, so as far, as far as this album goes, uh, I do not hate this album. I tell you that. Uh, I... I, I don't hate it either. All right. Um, I think Nick, Nick of time is the first, that's the first, like if we had a playlist, Nick of time is going to be on there. Dude, you, you took 
I, I wrote down Nick of Time as the first fluid song I'm actually into. And because of that, we're going to put on a little, a little bit of Nick of Time right here. Yeah. Oh, this is fucking rad. It's a great, dirty guitar riff. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it a lot. Yeah. I don't have timestamps on it, but there's this part where there's like this crazy drumming going on. And then it melts into a sinister sounding bass line. And then bam, it, this goes back into what we were hearing right mm-hmm. now. And it's just such a cool few transition what? spots on the song. Yeah. One thing I'll say about this band, like I don't care for the writing like at all. But I do think they're real good at arranging stuff. Uh, arranging is more of the way the songs move and flow and where instruments come in and go. Uh, there's like, it's funny because like, I can't think of a, a specific example, but I did notice this a lot where like, they'll do this thing where uh, instead, you know, instead of after a chorus, instead of going straight back into a verse, it'll do this little bridge transition thing that happens once in the song. It's a real cool arrangement decision where just we're going to throw in a fucking thing out of nowhere the thing is those are usually poorly written it's like we're just going to hammer on this fucking one note for two bars and then go back like i like the 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 idea of doing a thing for two bars and then moving on but like Mm -hmm. could you do something more than just one fucking note like that happens a lot where they do really interesting arrangement decisions but it's just the writing i don't give a shit about yeah uh Another interesting thing they do is you have a song like Just Another Day and there's some funk guitar on there. Which I, is yeah, I didn't know that song as well. Interesting. Then they have the song Nashville Nights and you think, oh, this is going to be some some country. Some No, not really. It's just uh, a pretty standard fluid song. Love, and then speaking. Yeah. Go ahead. Speaking of the replacements, tell me things. I feel like tell me things you could pass off as a replacement song. Let's put that on now because I don't remember at the time I had this. Tell me things. We got that like early pop punk. Yeah. And I think you just want to hear the replacements. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, plug in the replacements once again. Episode twenty-seven. We we do a whole thing. Man, that's a good band. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do do that a lot with this band. This because they're so unknown. Yeah. Um. Uh, the things I don't like though. Uh, fucking today I shot the devil. Okay, that. Come on, man. <laughs> I I I get why you don't like it. It's not a favorite of mine, but it's pretty wild. There's like Congo drums. There's on bongos there. all over. Yeah, they're, they yeah. That's a thing that they'll do later on too. There's a lot of bongos on this album, uh, but that song for sure. It's mostly the lyrics. Uh, over and over again, clear as day, you hear them. Today I shot the devil. Today, today I shot the devil. Today, like fuck, do you? Just take out one of the todays. Just take, please, for the, the sake of redundancy <laughs> alone. Love of Christ. Um, much too much? Sounds much too much like the Stooges. Hi-oh. No, I don't like it. Uh, your kind of things? 
I, I don't like that one either. However, I do like Lonely One. Um, it's not, it takes, it's sort of their, not the first, but it's like a good early example of them moving away from the, the rock and roll genericness of the first album. Um, yeah. Uh, like I already said before, like bongos are on that song as well. They're, they're, you could hear is expanding their musicianship. It's nothing mind blowing. It's nothing crazy. You're not going to yep. fucking, you're not missing a whole ton by skipping this album, but it does have uh very, a few early signs of them messing around with stuff other than just straightforward 70s style punk. Yeah, I would agree. It shows some, some growth. Why is it so fucking hard to find? It's, I don't know what uh sub pops deal is, why they, I feel minimum with streaming, they could just put them up on streaming. They don't have to do physical releases. I know the guys in the band would like to remaster these albums because nobody is really happy with the final product. Mm-hmm. They're rough, but they're not, they, I mean, it could be a lot worse. So maybe it's one of those things where it's this like they could do it, but they want to do it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, I don't know. I think I think I'm a fan of just putting everything out, have it out there, accessible at this stage so, in the world where we have everything at our fucking fingertips. It's it seems it's just un, it's not weird to to be missing all kinds of music because there's so fucking much music that has ever existed but it seems like hold on wait i mean i can't just put this on within seconds what is this that's how fucking spoiled we've gotten like things used to be real hard to find there's some things that are still extremely hard to find um there's a friend of mine really wait what i was was gonna say all they have to do even if they do physical release like i don't know maybe test the waters with some limited edition vinyl have dave Grohl write a forward for, <laughs> for the album all dave Grohl has to do is tweet like the fluid is awesome and these albums are being remastered and yeah, that's it that's really it that's it yeah uh there's there uh a friend of mine uh shout out to anna uh she showed me this uh, of course i fucking forgot the name of the band and the name of the album <laughs> but she's like this album is a hidden gem if there ever was one uh you can't find it anywhere except on vinyl and finding the vinyl is really hard uh she had the sure. vi- she had the vinyl she put it on for me it is spectacular and whoever this fucking band was it like it's one of those uh slint-esque bands from the 90s where you need to put out well slint had more than one album but like there's one album that people talk about and it's super hard to find and the people that know about it would like it a lot and that stuff bums me out like that you can't find that even if you wanted to or if you knew if you had the privilege of knowing who the band is you still can't fucking hear it uh it's it's just a huge bummer like in this band even though i don't love them there's still people that i bet would uh and the fact that this is so hard to find is is yeah i'm i'm not happy with that (laughs) um but i don't know fuck it this is still a decent album um i still i think it's like uh, for me personally a huge huge fucking step up from the first one I think the second half of the entire album is rough, rough, rough. But I do like that they're uh, they're playing with more styles. It's a uh, they're starting to sound like a like a different band. So good on them for that. Uh, if you hate the first album, don't don't expect to be wooed by this one. Nothing really is going to Woo-y. change anyone's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these guys are very they are very much them. 
but let us move on anyway. I got to fucking find the YouTube video because this is, oh my God, this is fucking, okay. Um, did you oh, find sorry, it, Mike? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the middle of listening to it, uh, so it picked up where I left off, which is annoying. This is the first EP that we'll be talking about. This is 1989 Freak Magnet. Sounds a bit like what we've heard. Get that fucking whole lot of love. And let's chat. You want to chat? So on this EP is when I started getting the 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 fatigue. Uh huh. Because, look, if you're going to record the same album a million times in a row, you have to have a huge fan base or be so revolutionary like Slayer that you can make the same album 13 times in a row and people don't care. For sure. That's why it's the worst. It is the worst record. Uh, <laughs> I almost, I almost gave it worse. But it's but not, not your worst. No, uh, it's not. You know, I'm actually, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, this EP is the first time I saw what the singer looked like because it's right on the cover. He, he looks like Pete Davidson wearing a Guy Fieri wig. It, and I yeah. hate, I hate them more because of the way the singer looks. <laughs> That's not entirely true. I, I do hate this record. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't watch footage of them when they were young, even though I plugged that YouTube channel that has footage. I I only watched the video on of them on KEPX or whatever that uh, station in Seattle is mm-hmm. when they got back together in like 2011. Mm-hmm. I only watch. I only have like visuals of them as old men. <laughs> this uh this entire EP, thank Christ, short um. It is a better produced version of their first album. Mm. Uh, but with, uh, with left, uh, left unsaid has some some catchy riffs. I'll give you that. Left unsaid has it has like acoustic guitars on there. I dig that. It's not bad. Don't love it, but it's the best song I think on here. Uh, they cover Iggy Pop's "Kill City." You know what's funny is. They sound so much like the Stooges. I didn't even think that it was a cover. Dude, I, I, I wrote that it sounds like Saturday's All Right for Fighting and Kisses Lick It Up. Dude, that first of all, Kill City, it's the title track of one of Iggy Pop's best albums, his best solo albums, I believe. It's with, um, fuck. Uh, he played guitar on Raw Power. Who the, what's the fuck is, what's the fuck's his name? Oh, raw is it raw? No, no, that's the original something? guitarist. That's the original. Uh, it's Ron Ash Ashford. Fuck, I'm losing all my studios. And hold on, uh, something Williams. Uh, 
I'm finding it now. It is James Williamson. That's what it is. Jesus okay. Christ, man. I forgot that. Um, he plays on that album, uh, Kill City. Uh, who the fuck played? Who's the original guitarist? I'm getting bothered now. I have to look it up because this is going to like piss me. Ashton. That's what it is. Ron Ashton. Ron Ashton and Scott Ashton was a, were the drummer, uh, guitarist and drummer, respect, respectively. Uh, Rob Power was a different lineup. Anyways, this, that's the Stooges. Why are we talking about the Stooges? Uh, because it sounds like the fucking they Stooges. Sound- a lot like the Stooges. Dude, like every song in here sounds like an Iggy Pop cover, especially the Iggy Pop cover. Like, <laughs> Ta- talking about the Stooges and MC5 is was just it's going to happen when talking about the fluid. Yeah. You cannot. And then I'm going to assume your least favorite, most hated song is Don't Want to Play. I don't. I didn't note it. I didn't note it, but we're going to put it on now because I don't remember oh you know what it's slowly coming back to me uh this is uh don't want to play it's not that these are bad vocals but they're interesting for what they he's not shouting anymore but if this is the song i'm thinking of You're not talking about these vocals, right? You're talking about the next one, the next part. No, well, partially, this overall, the overall song. No, I don't remember. All I know is I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. I didn't hate that it's one just, more so than the rest. I just didn't like it as much. I would say. I think my favorite song on here is "Try, Try, Try." Really? Uh, I like that one really cool section. They have like one. I don't. I didn't put a time. I did not put a timestamp because it's on YouTube and it's like harder, uh, sure. marginally hard. I'm just lazy. Uh, one really cool section I liked in that whole song. The rest of it, I was like, mm-hmm. "Fucking goddamn it!" Like, I just did, there's so much I didn't like. Like, and even then, there's so much. There's so little, rather, distinction between each song. It's just. What version of Iggy Pop are we going to do next? And it's usually the same. Uh, and it's like, even though I did probably dislike the first album more, this one I'm saying is worse because it's short, which is fine, but like song for song, there's so little for me to actually say is good. Yeah, there's there's not enough variety, especially three recordings and yeah um we we said earlier on that half the discography is pretty much like this and the other half is something else i'm glad to say this is the last we're gonna see of just straight we're gonna play 70s punk um let's move on from fucking stooges and iggy pop for the love of christ uh but i shouldn't have said that because i have to find the fucking video of the next Christ, man. <laughs> oh, this is so annoying. Uh, all right. Now we are... Fuck. Nope. Nope. That's not it. That's not it. Hold on, everybody. Yeah. Now we're at... Uh, well, wait. Did I say the last one was 1988 or 1989? Because the last one was 89, I, I believe. Yeah. 89. And then this, this same year, or did I have a typo? Okay. This is so frustrating. I'm getting different years for everything. Like everything is like, so on YouTube, you're going to see it's listed at that. It came out in 1990, 
Uh, I think it does that because uh, the version on YouTube right, is so packaged. Packaged with the next EP. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. But thing is, so that's why it says 1990. But on Freak Magnet, it says 1988 on YouTube. I think it was in 1989. I don't know who the fuck really cares about all these details. We're trying to be thorough. God damn it. Uh, so next album, Roadmouth, 1989, probably. Uh, fucking sure. Silence. It's coming. It's getting there. Little different. Still very uh, high energy. Little different. Do you know what song this is? This is. Yes, this is. Couple Plea. Is what? Couple Plea. Vocals are even more uh, kind of subdued. She started doing that in the last album a little bit, but uh, this is dirtier and grungier for sure. Yeah, this is starting to sound like the time it was released in. Yeah. All right. Let us so, talk a bit. This is best personal favorite. Same best personal favorite. I, di- I didn't think we were going to agree. I did not think. I had no idea how any of this was going to go. <laughs> and I wouldn't even say this is, an o- this is not an obvious best. I don't think at all. So I'm, that's why I'm more surprised that we agreed on it. Um, when you were telling me about the band, this is what I thought they were going to sound like. And that doesn't automatically make it good or the mm. rest of the album's bad. But to me, there's more versatility on here. Mm-hmm. It's ebbs and flows a little bit. It's it's the easiest to listen to. Yeah. Um, so because there's not an official release, I, you know, depending on what version people listen to, I'm sure the track orders are, are different all over. Really? Yeah. Like, um, I looked at discord or sorry, not discord, uh, discogs right. and they have like a different track order than what is up on YouTube. And then if you're listening to the version that comes with glue, I think the glue songs are like put in the first. Yeah. So, yeah, but, um, originally hooked is the opener. And to me, that song is, is real strong. That's one of my favorite songs they did. I absolutely agree. Dude, I could see, go on. Sorry. I could see how songs like hooked and human meal, mill help yep. like um influence the the grunge scene and that scene in seattle i'm gonna put up, i'm gonna they, no sorry keep cutting you up oh yeah i was just to put a cap on it that's really helped shed some of the the 70s rock vibe with those two songs hell yeah and that's why i'm gonna put on a little bit of hooked right now
That is way more high energy of an opening. Yes. It's it's meaner. Yeah. It does sound oddly similar, more similar to the the fun loving rock and roll, but way more uh, way more raw, way more messy. All right, you get you get the idea. You've heard this band before, or you've heard them there, now. Rather, <laughs> there are two tracks on here that feel out of place and maybe should have been left off the album. Which, and I'm talking about Big Brother because you get the bongo drums and the '70s sound again mm-hmm. on Big Brother, and then wait, Big Brother. Le- I don't have that one. See, different versions. Different <laughs> That's versions. so funny. I don't have that song on here. What the fuck is that? Do we even hear the... Oh, man. We probably heard different variations of yeah. it, but whatever. I listened to a song called Big Brother. I'm just saying it felt out of place. Okay. And then they have a song, song called Leave It. And Do uh, I not have that one either? Like the, I don't have that one either. See? <laughs> sub pop i'm begging you Dude, i don't even love the band Just yeah put these put these out for people who do love the for band the, i mean at least for the sake of people who are trying to talk about them at length like exactly trying to fucking hear all these songs i don't even know what the hell you're talking about so i have no opinion on it jesus christ that's, that's probably that's probably why they cut them out because they they're this odd on the okay. rest of the album okay. not that they're awful they're this too Songs that don't fit mm-hmm. the rest. What about Fool's Rule? Fool's you got Rule. got that on there? Real good. Real good. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs, too. I, actually, I love the guitars on that. That's uh, on this version, whatever fucking version I have. It's the closing track. Um, I don't know how I feel about it being the cl- a closing track, but I, I think it's for sure one of my favorite songs of theirs. It's real goddamn good. Um, it's real good. Yeah. Uh, I like Twisted and Pissed. You were going to say it. Over, that one too. over the top lyric, fun over the top lyrics, but I'm not a huge fan of the music. Yeah, um, it's okay. Yeah, uh, I don't lo- I don't hate it. Don't love it, but I, I didn't note it as like it's a thing that I did notice. Uh, and one thing about this album, it's now it's starting to remind, or now the band is starting to remind me of Decroitson, which I've mentioned in the past. I know you haven't heard them. They Decortson, they started out as a hardcore punk band and then they started doing they basically pioneered grunge kind of. Uh grunge esque, mm-hmm. you know, early indie dinosaur junior esque kind of indie. Um, you know, late eighties, early early nineties. Uh I never loved De- uh later stuff, but I know it was extremely influential. This kind of sounds like that, where uh they're it's not punk, it's fast esque. It's not super heavy. It's just weird transitory type of, I don't even know what to call it, indie. It's this weird transitory. <laughs> it's not quite punk. It's not quite grunge. It's right in the middle. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what this whole album is. Uh, it's just, it was for sure the easiest to get through. It has the most songs I loved on this album. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it ultimately the we did consistent. it. The the song What Man, I think that's a good compromise of the 70s rock and the grunge. That is a good uh, middle point with both genres, I feel like. I think the vocal harmonies in that song are absolutely atrocious. I think they're hysterical and awful, and I hate that song. 
I'm sorry. And it might be, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that song really did piss me off. Uh, but uh, I don't know, like, see, it's another thing that's bothering me is like the fucking, the song order. Like, I don't know what the hell people are going to hear. Cause like, I like, like the last handful of songs are like what made me like this album a lot. Maybe want to put it on again. Uh, but I don't know what, cause like song order is super important with albums. It is. It is when you're doing what we do. Ah, fuck. There goes my fucking camera. I just dropped it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. You don't have a tripod people. Uh, no tripod means I'm going to drop a lot of shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Song order is, is super important with consistency and whether or not uh, a thing flows. So I don't know if this is the best album. I just feel like it was based on whatever version I heard on YouTube. Uh, so that's really frustrating. What a weird band to like, and it's not that uncommon for, for obscure bands to not kind of get their due or to not get proper releases. But it just, like I said before, it's just, it's unusual in an age where we're so spoiled by having everything so readily available. If someone discovered Donnie and Joe Emerson, and I realize a lot of people don't know who that is, check out Donnie and Joe Emerson's yeah, who's that? album, Dreaming Wild. They were this two kids who lived on a farm, and their dad like, let them live the dream. He helped them build a studio. And so they're this like self-taught... Uh, they just made this album, and it sounds kind of awful, but it's also really sweet and endearing. All right. Um, they have the song Baby, where it sounds like they're saying you're so baby, and it's great. Um, that, that's not a sign important. My, I don't know what it is. My my point being is that if these dudes on a farm who recorded one album can get wide distribution, I don't know why this band cannot. That can be said for, I think a lot of bands in the, you know what? It's funny. I was going to say the punk punk scene and stuff, but a lot of those even got, I mean, a lot of didn't, but this transitory period, this, you know, 87 to, ooh, I might like have to close work. my window. Is that picking up? Oh yeah. It's picking up. Stop now. Oh uh, yeah. It's picking up. Go ahead. Close your window. Yeah. Yeah. So while, uh, Alex, does that because fuck his inconsiderate neighbors. How dare they live their lives drilling? It sounds like they drilling. I think they're drilling. Uh, what the fuck was I going to say? I'll wait for you for him to get back. All right. Uh, what I was saying was, uh, uh, the, the like 87 to 90, 91, that whole transition period where grunge was being formed and things like bands like the Jesus lizard were kind of coming around. Uh, those don't get those. I feel got got lost way more than the punk scene and the stuff afterward. Like mm-hmm. no one talks about that little growing pain era. That's true. That is true. There was some good stuff there. I mean, obviously we got bands like the Jesus Lizard and Nirvana and stuff. I mean, two completely fucking different bands. I don't know why I just chose those two, but uh, yeah, still still good stuff. Good stuff came out of it. I like this album. I think it's uh, it fits in. It fits right in with that stuff. Uh, let us move on now. Fuck, I gotta find it. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go back to a, a band where there, there's shits. I can click play and it'll be okay. Uh, I feel like we're doing a public service despite my indifference and your, your hatred. I don't hate. Okay. Maybe. I hate, <laughs> I, you know what? 
I hate him a little bit. I hate him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I know. I honestly, swear to God, I feel like my life is richer now that I fucking listen to them. Like, I, no one's heard of them. I don't fucking like them. But it's just like one of those things where I really love paying attention to stuff that needed needed attention. Because obviously, these guys did a bunch of shit. Bunch of shit that that resonated with some people, and like no one talks and about bunch, it now. But a bunch of people like them. They, um, in the interview, the singers said they always did very well touring. They always mm-hmm. made money off of tours. I bet so. they were really fun to watch. Like, yeah. So they, and obviously to this day, all all the people who upload their shit on YouTube. So mm. we're probably gonna get some hatred from them, but. <laughs> uh, Let's move on to 1990, which I assume this came out in 1990 based on what we know. This is the Glue EP. This dude is full on singing now. I, I feel like this song was a, a step backwards. This song? It's a cover, yeah. right? Oh. I believe it's a cover. Uh, I don't know who it's fucking by, but I think it's a cover. I'm going to look it up right now. It's a song by the Trogs. Okay. Who the fuck is who the fuck are the Trogs? Are there some seventies man? Sixties. That was familiar. Yeah. Okay, so that's a poor first song, I think, to the EP. That's not really what it sounds like. Uh, so this was produced by a Mr. Butch Vig, who if people don't know, produce Nevermind. Oh, really? And I believe he's in Garbage, the band. Wait, wait, really? That's fucking complete news to me. The dude. Look in, it up for me. A, a guy in Garbage produced Nevermind? Hold on. Yeah, he, he produced a lot of good stuff. Um, and this was before Nevermind, so mm-hmm. they got him real cheap. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, Butch Vig. Uh, yeah. Is he in garbage? Sure is. All right. Man, All right. my memory didn't uh, let me down there. Holy shit. On on Wikipedia, uh, you can all look this up. Apparently, he's also known as Nevermind Man. How degrading is that? That you're your name Because he's done he, he's worked with so many bands, not but, just Nirvana. But like your name is replaced by Nevermind Man. That's so sad. His name is Butch. His name's Butch. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, what do you think of this EP? Anyways, uh, I liked it better than Freak Magnet. It's, oh, for uh, sure, for sure. This, yeah, this could be the stuff. It could be on Punching Judy, um, but this is the EP. The band is kind of in agreement that they feel captures their sound the best they were like this is what we didn't exactly sound like live mm-hmm. but this album does the best job at capturing that um black glove is one of their more popular songs you could see footage of them doing that when they reunited 
I think Candy is pretty fun. And then uh, Pretty Mouse, you get some snarly vocals, and uh, I really like the way the drums sound on Pretty Mouse. The only song I really like is Waste of Time, and that is... Waste of... Like, it's... That's w- I don't think it's, like, objectively good. It's like a very macho, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Homme, acoustic guitars, blues rock kind of thing. You'll hear it in a fucking video game commercial. It's not that great, but I do like it. <laughs> I think it's a great, like, sludge riff. They somehow were able to take acoustic guitars with these heavy riffs and make it work. Wasted Time is definitely one of my favorite tracks by them. I'm going to put on a little bit of that right now. This is Wasted Time. I was like, okay, so it's going to be like the Rooster or something. Wait, Rooster? Wait, from Austin Chains? All right. And it's funny because how how much this doesn't sound like the band, like like they said it's like the yeah. most definitive, but this sounds nothing like the fluid. But I dig it. But it definitely has that that desert rock fucking Josh Homme bullshit, which I yeah, like, I th- but I can see why people don't like. I think that's why I like it. Same, same. Yeah, I'm a, typically a fan of that kind of garbage, but. Uh, I don't think it's garbage. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, yeah, this, I don't know. I like the acoustic guitar implementation on this. Like in Closet Case, yes, I, think, I think it's, I. Yeah, I think it's a nice touch in Closet Case. Obviously, waste of time. It's, I like it. But just across the board, this EP is no exception. I do not care for the writing. Produ- Production-wise, I can see why they were proud of this because it's like, that's the best. Mm-hmm. It's like their best production. Even, I don't know if it's better than the next album. Uh, but it's certainly among the best. I I think it's it's way way better than the. We'll get into the history yeah. of the next album though. Uh, overall, though, I didn't feel I felt this was just decent. Like, if you don't like what they're doing, this is once again not going to convince you. I didn't hate it, didn't didn't love it. Um, but if you like this band. Alrighty, you'll you'll be okay. This is probably Mount Everest. This is the the peak. Prob- if you like this band, probably. Even though we both agreed that Roadmouth was better or is the best, uh, this is it's more confident. I think the CP is more mm-hmm. confident. Uh, but now let us go to the very end, the very last. Uh, we're finally there. The only album you could find streaming. Uh, process of elimination alex is not happy with that decision i know (laughs) but this is 1992 this is all one word by the way purple metal flake music all one word okay jesus christ Again, not, not bad, but we've been here before. Yeah, I, I don't even think, not even been here just with this band, been here with fucking a million other things. 
Look at that riff. It's that's awful. It's so generic. It's 1992 now, and I'm like, I'm already shitting on it, but it's like, it's not offensive, but it's like, why do we need this? No, no, it's it's not. Uh, I wonder what Alex is going to say next. What are you going to say, Alex? Wor- worst least favorite. Worst least favorite. Uh, Which I feel bad because it's the only thing that's easy to get. It's the only thing you can just immediately find. Uh, I didn't think it was the worst, so, but I did have a lot of trouble with this one. Yeah, so uh, they were kind of on hiatus after glue. Um all these labels were coming in, picking up, you know, their peers, all these grunge bands, and they were this on the sidelines. Hollywood Records stepped in, uh, gave them the best offer money-wise. However, because the label's giving you the most money does not necessarily mean they know what to do with you or how to market you. Mm-hmm. Um, a Mr. Tony Vish- Vishanti... I don't, I'm not sure how to do his last name. I, I had no idea who he was. I had to look him up. He has done almost every David Bowie album. He worked with Thin Lizzy. He did fucking Whoa. Black Rose. Whoa, Black Rose. Holy shit. That's a great album. He, yeah, he worked with T-Rex. He like badly wanted to produce the band, but... He's also a big time producer and they felt he offered to do it for half of what his price was. But even the band was like, we're not going to spend that much on a producer. And even though they're on a big label, they should have totally spent that much money on him. Um, Who's to say how that would have turned out, Mm -hmm. but it is a fun thing to think about. And yeah, they say the first mix of this album, it sounded like a Boston <laughs> record. Really? Because the producer the producer didn't know what to do with them. The label didn't know what to do with them. Um, like the Ramones and the Buzzcocks wanted to take them out on tour. Mm-hmm. But the label was like, you guys need to go on tour with the Goo Goo Dolls. Whoa. And the Goo Goo Dolls were not, they weren't popular and they said they were open to the idea of touring with the Goo Goo, Goo, Goo Dolls if it meant uh, more eyeballs in a bigger venue. They, w- they would do it. They're open to it. But they looked at the venues they were playing. They're like, we can headline these venues. What's, like, what's the point of, yeah. of touring with a band that's equal level of fame as us if they're not our peers? So mm-hmm. it's this, all this huge like disconnect going on but uh as far as the music goes i can see how this got lost in the shuffle of the the grunge explosion so it's it's interesting when you take into account the year this seems really uh underdeveloped but like in the context of the band, it's like the most grungy. It's the heaviest. It has like some stuff that I really like. Like uh, I don't, I don't like when I out the song. Uh, I kind of hate it, but that, <laughs> that, that heavy ass bass and like the, the main riffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It sounds fucking sludgy and dirty. Uh, 
But then the chorus is like some 60s garage rock sing-along bullshit. But every song that gets a little heavy, I, I'm i into it. Like uh, Said That I'm Through, I dig that. I dig that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the... I'm a, you know, we have the same version. Um, hand in hand, the last yeah. track, solid. Okay, real solid. Melodic, slow, moody, long. Fucking. Uh, I wish there was like more of that. But when you think about it, 1992, never mind was a year ago. Fucking grunge was three, four years ago. Like this is not that interesting. Uh, like uh, what's what's fucking what I'm talking about? Um, pill. It's like okay, but it's a it's like a wimpy Nirvana copycat, like early Nirvana, but just weaker. Pill is one of the songs I like. I think it's it's solid. It's all right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I like um, Seven Fourteen. That's, That's on the riff. first list. On the first listen, that was the first song that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, songs like wasn't my idea and on my feet just just leg and drag drag me down and i didn't mind i think it's funny because i i noted uh mr blame shifter as being okay or being neat uh mm-hmm. i definitely think that is entirely because of what the fu- because of the songs before it were so underwhelming uh i also think she don't understand is fucking horrible. Horrible. It's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not gonna fight you on that because yeah, it, yeah, it's your worst. I think is the I almost considered giving this best because it has like some of the like the, the heavy stuff is really cool and I really wish they did more of that. In the end, this album is fucking fifty minutes. <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't. I don't understand why. This is barely I, they, the most the most common complaint from us. Uh, a lot of these songs are just too too long. They're real. Just a f- most of them uh, are in the four minute. Some some even longer, but most four to five minute. Uh, Twelve tracks, most of them four to five minutes. That can be done. Songs that can be done in two and a half three minutes. So yep. everything drags. Everything drags. Uh, the production is, is is pretty solid. The musicianship is real. It's, it's as tight as ever. And I like the grunginess and the heaviness. It's just too fucking long. It's like, mm-hmm. man, I don't... I just, it, wear, it wears on the soul if you're not all in on this band. It was bummer. It's a bummer, too, because it, it caught me pretty early. Like, you know, this is actually pretty, pretty all right. Like, I like where this is going. Uh, and then it just kept going and it kept going and it kept going. It, it kept going so much that I actually had to question whether or not I really liked hand in hand. I was like, is it actually fucking good? But, and you didn't know it is. It definitely is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. real good. Uh, but, oh man, it's funny too, because like I went into this thinking this was going to be the best because like it's the only one streaming. There's got to be a reason. This is the only one streaming. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, it's the only one streaming because it's the only one on Hollywood. So Hollywood, even though Hollywood Records, I never even heard of that. It's the uh, only one streaming on Hollywood Records. Or sorry, Hollywood Records. They did a bunch of stuff. They were owned by Disney. Um, what the fuck? 
I don't know if they have a different name today or if they're still around. But yeah, it's a huge label, and that's why this is the only one streaming. Sub Pop obviously is bigger now than they were, but I just don't I don't understand why. Because they got back together in 2008 for Sub Pop's 20th reunion show. And part of it was because I believe the singer ran into the people from Sub Pop at a show in New York. And they were so like adamant and genuine about how much they love the fluid and what they meant to the label, which makes it even weirder that you can't get these albums like, oh, we we want you and we love you guys so much for our 20th anniversary show, but we're not going to really issue your albums. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. It's really weird. That's shady as hell. That sounds like some some uh, Hollywood producer bullshit they're spitting. Like, and I mean that by like every, every client's the best client kind of thing, that cliche. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because is what had, what new, new artist or new album did, has Sub Pop been releasing? I don't know anything new that they've been doing. I don't know. Like, maybe it's just my true. fault, but like they're known as the grunge people from the early nineties. I thought at this point they'd be like an alternative tentacles kind of reissue a reissue label, you know, like, um, Dr. Strange or whatever. Or four DA. Is that what they're called? Four AD. Yeah. Yeah. Or four AD. Four AD has amazing shit, but yeah, I think mostly like reissue at this point, like they're just, that's what they do. I don't know. I don't know that about sub pop. I didn't look into it, but like if it seems with it, with an, with a label that's known for being sort of, underground all in support of the the altiness for lack of a better they would yeah like this is primo time to do that uh again i don't fucking like most of these albums but it doesn't matter uh it seems uh like a disservice especially when they were original i don't know it's just it just seems odd it seems odd it, it is really weird but yeah they they broke up after this um the drummer shovel Shavlik, I'm probably mispronouncing his last name. He started a band called Spell that got signed to Island. Mm-hmm. Then he's currently in a band called The Press Corpse, and they still they still play shows and stuff, so good for him. Um, when they broke up, the singer, he was supposed to start a band with Kurt Cobain and Whoa. Mark Lanig and Mark Lanigan. Wait, who's Mark Lanigan? He's in Screaming Trees and he does keyboard stuff with uh, Queens of the Stone Age now. Oh, wait, was he always the keyboard guy? I believe so. Oh, so he's like, I, yeah, I think he's, he's got chops. I, I remember him being oh, odd, oddly impressive, oddly really impressive. Yeah, he, he, I think he also plays guitar and stuff. Yeah. So it may, may vary what his role is and in, in what band, but. Um, That's fascinating, really. It, yeah, but that was like a a few months before Cobain died. That they were like real convenient, Mr. real Cobain. convenient way 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 to get out of the band, Kurt. Imagine that was his. That was the reason. Like he just didn't know how to say <laughs> he didn't want to. Sorry, that's part. It's like oh, I, I I love Lanigan and Robinson. They're such nice dudes. I this I I don't know how to tell him no. <laughs> Uh, that's me. Uh, 
But, and then, yeah. so yeah, they got back together for a few shows in 2008, but didn't really last. And then in 2011, one of their guitar players, uh, Rick Kulwicki, died in February 2011. Mm. Mm. And I believe the last show they did was a fundraiser for his twin sons. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, which was headlined by Mud Honey. So, you know, that's a, another thing that I, I didn't realize Mud Honey is still fucking playing. Like, oh, yeah, they're still active. I like Mud Honey, but good lord, they released more than three albums. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. I wish they didn't. No, uh, no, I'm glad they're still alive, but I, I would like to cover Mud Honey. That's like, that was my point. I, I, I want to go back to Mud Honey. Um, but yeah, this is a man. What a, what a, Interesting episode. The most obscure. No one's going to listen to this except maybe diehard fans who are going to fucking hunt me down for talking shit. Uh, but yeah, still, I'm glad we did them. Uh, recap. Alex, what you got? Best personal favorite road mouth. Worst, least favorite purple metal flake music. And for me, Punch and Judy, 1986. That is my personal least favorite. Not the worst, but I didn't like it. Freak Magnity P, 1989 or possibly 88. Who the fuck knows with this band? Worst. I uh, can't ever tell you to listen to it. Roadmouth, 1989, best personal favorite. Uh, thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, this was a fucking interesting one. God damn. What the fuck are we going to do next? God damn. We know. We know. We know. It's going to be something you might have heard of, probably. But uh, if you want to help us, eh, subscribe on YouTube, please, for the love of God. Or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, tell a friend. Actually, telling a friend is the most important thing. Uh, fuck all the rest. You don't have to do anything. Just tell a friend, for the love of Christ. And if you want to suggest an artist for us to talk about, maybe one marginally less obscure than the fluid, you can send all that to every album ever at gmail.com. Uh, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I don't know what we're going to do for a Spotify playlist. Because Alex doesn't like the the only album streaming, so fucking we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But whatever it is, you'll find a link in the description of wherever you're listening and watching. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Pope Jesse Ventura. That's where I post everything regarding the show, clips and whatnot. And at Pun Pah, I can't even fucking plug my own thing. At Pounder Monkey for all of my music related stuff. And uh, Alex. At Mother Puncture, and uh, this uh, another shout out to uh, Michael Roberts at Westward. So I sound like I knew what I was talking about during this podcast, and one way more, more information than I was expecting to get. And one more shout out to Colt for suggesting the fluid because uh, we would have never gotten to them for damn sure. That is a fact. Never ever, yeah, ever ever. So thank you for that. Uh, who who's getting last song? Who the fuck is getting who? What, what's what's happening here? I think we should this fucking nick a time it. Nick, why nick, not? You know what? That is a solid choice, and we're gonna do that. Uh, what fucking album is that from? <laughs> that's from Clear Black Paper, the one that's not streaming. So we'll be doing a service too. Our podcast will be one of the few places where you can listen to nick a time. But not on YouTube, because that is the one thing I never include in the videos is the last song. Uh, I think you should do it. Like, no time? one yeah, is... Yeah, eat a fucking dick, YouTube. Yeah. Dude, 
quick side note. Like I, Sub Pop, Sub Pop, it's not available to buy anywhere. What are you? Who's going to fight you on this? Exactly. That's actually one thing uh, I mentioned a couple times in the past with YouTube giving us problems with copyright stuff. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with fair use law and copyright law, uh, what we're doing is fucking covered. Like we're talking over the songs, we're commenting on it directly, we're changing, we're we're making, we're not using the music as a substitute for content. We're we're using them within the content, so we're covered. It is. However, YouTube doesn't give a fuck, and it flags everything immediately. So it, it anyone who makes YouTube videos knows all this already. But for everyone else, it's uh it's a huge shit show so uh that is why fuck it we're gonna leave the song in this one dude how many millions of dollars has like people reacting to songs made youtube and there's still jerks about it yeah like if we're commenting reviewing responding to a thing that is not us putting the song and taking the, the song's credit and making money off the song uh it's but algorithms algorithms don't know better and they don't give a fuck and and the the it's not even youtube it's the companies behind it like i'm gonna fucking put throw throw our names under the bus by saying uh wmg biggest pieces of shit i think it's warner music group or warner brothers Mm -hmm. they're They're the, the worst they're the worst because they block videos everywhere else Every other record label and stuff, they'll demonetize your shit or take your your monetization money or whatever. WMG is the only one that blocks the video, so I have to cut out the music uh, if they they make a claim on it. Uh, that's the worst because we're not making money off this. We don't give a fuck about money. We're doing this strictly for the fucking content. And when you block the video, it's like you're not making money off this by blocking us. You're just being dicks. So fuck yeah. them, fuck them hard. Oh, I'm getting upset. <laughs> but anyway, I should probably All wrap up the up. video now. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna fucking wrap it up with that. This is uh, Nick of Time from Clear Black Paper, 1988. Thank you so much for listening once again. See ya.